Hello, and welcome to Nerd Critic, a podcast about movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. I am Jordan. And I am CJ, here with our incredibly handsome, <laughs> wow. studied and credentialed a critic. Oh man, now I'm blushing. Yeah. Handsomely. And CJ here is our resident nerd. Um, just representing, I would say. At all times. At all times. Yes. He never rests. Never I d- rests. I don't. I've never seen him take a break or take a day off um, from, from nerddom. Yeah. Never seen it. Uh, the the majority of my PJs are uh, are are DC Comics stuff. Yeah. So it's just yeah. I mean it is it is. I mean uh, that's how they pay you, right? It's a full time job. Yeah. It's a full time yeah. job in which it's, your your literal salary is. Yeah, is it's just t shirts. D DC themed pajamas. Yes. <laughs> Specifically pajamas. You will, in fact, actually everything you see me wear, I've purchased. Which is why you uh, you you yeah. It's I mean you had to start that Shopify account. Yeah. <laughs> You had um, to, it's, yeah, it's just DC pajamas. Well, you have to, and it's like it's like all, all like third tier characters. You can't too. pay. You've tried, but you can't pay rent in DC themed pajamas With, without my without my Shopify account. I don't know what I would do. Yeah, yep. That's groceries. Yeah. That's rent. That's yeah. basic household needs. Yeah. Yep. Gifts for your family. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, those are just DC themed pajamas. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Uh, I did get lucky once, and I got basketball shorts, Ooh. which kind of falls in this middle ground, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to be keeping them. Yeah. They, they're no. not going in the Shopify account. I mean, you don't have enough stock to... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> Today, we are talking about uh, drumroll. John Wick. Yes. I'm really excited. I really love John Wick. Um, I really love John Wick, like, a lot. Um, I, I, it's, I mean, I'm not alone here. <laughs> it's a phenomenon, a little bit. Well, seeing how, um, the, seeing how the third one comes out soon, I, I dare say you're not the only one that likes it. Certainly not. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure, last Halloween I was John Wick for Halloween. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Did my you... beard was much shorter. Oh, okay. It was yeah, a, yeah it you was got, a, you got a hefty now beard. Now my beard is way too long to be John yeah. Wick. But at the time, it was remarkably similar to John yeah. Wick's, which I didn't was quite realize. Was your hair longer? Um, I, it was, a, it was slightly longer. I wanted it to be longer, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't could, quite long enough. Yeah, you could really, you but could I wore really the suit. Yeah. I wore a three piece suit. I wore That's a great. black tie with like a silver tie pin. Nice. And it was, it let, was let me, awesome. uh, I do need to, I do need to preface this episode Please. That, that it will be a spoiler free. Spoiler free. We're not going to spoil John Wick one or two for you. Partially because we're going to spoil the crap out of both of these in our John Wick three episode. So right at the front. Yeah. Go see John Wick three. You should. Yes. If I mean, you need to watch John, the John Wicks. Yes. Uh, and John. I mean, it's, if you're okay it's with so, violence, you and, need to be okay and, with violence. Violence and language. And language. Yes. Um. Then. Then. Yeah. You. It. It's just right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> if you. Uh. The vi- The vi- The violence is like so good though. <laughs> It's not it's, just violence for violence. Like, oh, it's no. just so good. Anyway. We're going to talk there, about all that. There, and another reason we're not doing spoilers is because um, we do a lot of prep for, for these episodes. Mm-hmm. And we and we record, uh, you know, two episodes per week. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we have to we have to make sure to, to have seen these movies. And some weeks are great. Some weeks are oh, like. Oh, you have to make this admission, don't you? I do. 
some weeks are like uh, are like you know things that I've either I've already seen and so I don't need to like I surprise surprise I didn't watch all three Lord of the Rings movies when we talked. About I wasn't them. able to either. I unfortunately have a full time job and a child, so I have a full time job. Commit Twelve and hours, not to a child. Reviewing, but yeah, but uh, yeah. So I tried. It was my anniversary. I had to see Detective Pikachu. And I had to watch John Wick 1 and John Wick 2. Yes. All things considered, I think I did pretty good. You did great. You did great. I, did, I got through Detective Pikachu. I got through John Wick 1. And I got through, I want to say, like a third of John Wick sure. 2. Sure. We'll give you a third. I, I mean, it was like 40 minutes in. Sure. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Like, so like I just, Everything good in John Wick, ha- John Wick 2 happens after the 40-minute mark. <laughs> which is but, yeah. terrible. Yeah. Why? I feel like I should have known that, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, the majority of my of my comments don't don't like destroy me if they don't apply to the last two-thirds of John Wick 2, okay? <laughs> I don't think there will be any of those, but all of my comments will be geared probably towards John Wick 1. Well, I, uh, I had seen John Wick 1... Um, sometime after it came out, I didn't see it in the theaters. Um, I saw John Wick two, I believe, in the theaters, and I saw a John Wick three in the future. <laughs> um, I saw John Wick two again, actually today. Oh, all right. Um, and what happened was, uh, uh, I was on a production today, um, and it and it got out early enough that I thought maybe I would be able to do a double feature and watch John Wick 1 and 2 together just yeah. to refresh. But uh, I ended up having a bunch of meetings and not being able to get home quite in time. So what I did was I asked my I asked my wife, who was home with our kid all day, I said, hey, will you watch John Wick 1 while I'm gone? <laughs> and then when I get back, will can we maybe watch John Wick 2? <laughs> and so she watched John Wick 1 and actually... She had 20 minutes left when I got home, so we barely made it through the end of that one and okay. the second movie, but we did. Well, that and I'm really excited. Yeah, that that works out great because uh, I I finished John Wick one today. Oh, perfect. so it is it is fresh. Oh yeah, your John Wick two is fresh. Yes. Uh, and not we're, that we're going to be spoiling anything. We're Once not. again, reemphasizing no we're spoilers not, in this not, episode. No we do know how to do an episode without spoilers. We're yeah, about to. We, prove it we've done it before successfully. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. We haven't gotten any hate mail, so it must have worked. I mean, I it's my email. That's so true. You don't know. Well, you haven't told me. You don't know. We have not received any hate mail. Yeah. Although the running joke is that I run your email account, so I would know. But Oh, that's right. So we just we just showed our hand. <laughs> I literally Too bad. don't do anything for this podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, so, uh, so let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. Okay. So first of all, uh, CJ, you are brand new into the John Wick universe because you hadn't seen either movie earlier, correct? Yeah, correct. Tell me what you think. You just saw the first okay. one. Okay. Your impressions. Uh, so, uh, who? I don't know where to start. Okay, so I'll start with loved it. Okay, awesome. Um I am absolutely looking forward to more. Um, I didn't know, because it was like, oh, John Wick is about a movie where like, a guy, his dog dies, and he's pissed, so he goes on a killing spree. That's like that's like the, the <laughs> that, that was the elevator. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's what everybody knows. I didn't know I was going to care for this dog so much, <laughs> and I was so invested. And uh, I don't know, I don't know, I can't quite pinpoint it. Is it the editing? 
Is it the music? Probably a combination of everything. But like the way that they built up tension in scenes, like especially when you find out the legend of John Wick, like the the tension as it builds and as they're talking and it cuts back and forth between the dialogue and the action. And it's just like, it just builds. And then you're just so invested and you just want to just... Just, darn, you wanted to beat up people with him. Uh, and I, I just loved how it captured me. Even though, even though this character doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, we know, we know a little bit about, like, his history and, like, the legend. But, like, he's kind of deadpan. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, he's Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. Uh, acting isn't top notch, but it's, like, perfect for the character. Yeah. And then, and but like, why do I care so much, Jordan? I don't know, <laughs> but I'm just I care so much. Um, it's a it's a so I'm I I'm not going to answer that question directly right now. Maybe we can get into it a little more later. Okay. I just want to I just want to I just want to I I just want to like gush a little bit about the things that are so right with these movies. Um, uh, the first movie I think works predominantly because it's very simple. Yeah. It's very simple. It just is about a guy who is a legendary assassin whose dog gets killed by somebody who's a ne'er-do-well. And then he goes on a rampage sort of revenge killing spree. But it's not uh, – it's all motivated. So it's not that he's just a crazy person who goes and kills a bunch of people. It's like – He's going after one person, and then to get to that person, you have to go through a lot of people, and then there's consequences for having gone through a lot of people and for getting to that person, and then so on and so forth. So, like, there, it's it's all very linearly motivated. The best analogy or the best uh, similar sort of example I can take for like just perfectly streamlined, simplistic, linear plot is taken. Mm. which is about a man yeah. getting his daughter back. Yes. <laughs> and that is, I mean, I think Taken is probably the finest example of like of, of uh, single-minded linear storytelling that I, that I know of. Um, and John Wick is a little messier, but it kind of works on the same principle. It's yeah. like we're, 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 we're stripping everything down. We're giving this guy one motivation, and we're building a backstory out of gold. Yeah. Um, and the way, the reason that you care so much, I think, is just is in the details. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't want to give anything about John Wick away. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to give anything away. I just want to say that John Wick uh, did two things uniquely that we'd never seen before. Um, well, not never seen before. I would say we've never seen done exactly this way before. It's pretty. Fr- two things that are pretty fresh. One is world building. Oh, so, oh, I was going to bring this up. Well, we we will get more into it later, but I will say, first of all, one of the coolest things John Wick does is world building. And, and what it, what that means is there is a whole, like, un, like uh, under underground kind of criminal network that he's part of and that he's gotten out of, quote unquote, but now he gets sucked back in because of the events that follow. And that world that he's sort of part of it's in the details. Mm-hmm. It's in the little things, the objects and the things they say to each other and the way they treat each other. Uh, all those are so intentional and so sort of unique and and very consi- internally consistent and new. You haven't seen anything like this before. 
that you can't help but be invested because it's so fascinating. Yeah. And you start to trust very early that the thing you're being introduced to is going to be really cool and really consistent and it's going to abide by the rules it's setting up. And that creates a lot of interesting possibilities and you want to see what happens. Yes. You just want to see what happens. Yes. I. Uh, so in, in contrast to – so when you say world building – uh, the first, uh, the first movie that comes to mind when you say world building is Lord of the Rings. Uh, you this also, is a different kind of world. Building. Yeah. You also have like <laughs> Harry Potter as world building uh-huh. and then Pikachu, which we just talked about. Uh, yeah. Pokemon absolutely. Detective Pikachu. You mentioned in that episode that, uh, that Detective Pikachu, your, your mind can't do two things at once. Right. So it was like the reason that it didn't work very well was because you were trying to make sense of the world. The world building didn't establish the rules clear enough that you were trying to figure that out, but you were also supposed to care about the plot and like the people and it didn't work. This is the exact opposite of that. Everything is perfectly clear. Perfectly. It it establishes the rules. Uh, It establishes the worlds. You know, and and because it's so clear and your mind isn't occupied trying to figure it out, you're able to like live in the moment and watch what you're watching right then and there and not be confused or muddled down in the the details. You get to like revel in the details a little bit. I'm going to segue from that to the second thing. Which is because I love this thing you met, you mentioned being in the moment with the character and being in the moment in the scene and like be, really being able to invest in the actual action that's happening. Because the second thing I want to talk about is the choreography. It is, I mean, John Wick has actually changed action movies the same way I would say John Wick what has been as influential in changing the way action movies are conceived of and shot. Not like all action movies, but like it's bleeding into more and more action movies and like blockbusters are sort of like borrowing. I mean, to the point of actually hiring the directors and choreographers from John Wick too to like to be consultants on their movies because like they want that magic. And what uh, what they have, I was going to say, it, John Wick, the, movie, the John Wick movies have become as influential, maybe even more so, maybe not, but at least as influential as the Bourne movies. I was going to say, Jason Bourne's what comes Yeah, I mean, to the point that when, uh, if you remember when Sky, not Skyfall, but uh, uh, it was Casino Royale, um, and then... Whoa, whoa. Uh, Jason Bourne or James Bond? I'm, no, no, no. Sorry. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm jumping around a lot here. Okay. But, but so Jason, so... Casino Royale came out. It's a Bond movie. I know that. Casino Royale came out. And then the next one that came out wasn't Skyfall. What was Quantum the next of one? Solace. Quantum of Solace came out. And and between Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, Born Identity came out. Mm. And when you watch Quantum of Solace, you're like, oh, this is post-Born. Yeah. Because it's like... That's fascinating. It's really like they wanted to do the same thing. And uh, and you totally get that sense. And it didn't quite work for Quantum of Solace, but they were trying to do the same thing. And it's kind of the same thing that we see happening with John Wick. John Wick is, like, so cool and so groundbreaking that now, like, everybody kind of wants to do that. Anyway, the point is, the the, the fresh thing that they did, without me being, a, being an expert enough to, like, perfectly describe it, is basically highly, highly intentionally choreographed fight scenes that you don't cut away from mm-hmm. and that involve gunplay. And that is not common. Usually it's martial arts or sort of like shooting with a lot of fast editing or whatever, um, or just violence for violence's sake. But in this, in the case of John Wick, you have like, it's very, it's very much like a dance, highly choreographed, extremely clever, unexpected, and exciting 
every time. And so the shot never cuts away from the moment of most interesting action. And so you get these, the camera move, and the last thing I'm going to say is that the martial arts uh, and the, so the, the weapons are incorporated in the martial arts. The martial arts are incorporated into the, the blocking across the scene, and that is all incorporated with camera movements. Yeah. And the camera movements are smooth, and they don't cut around a lot, so it all feels like one brilliant, beautiful dance, yeah. violent dance. And it, and it is so compelling that you can barely breathe when the scene is happening. And, yeah. it, that, and they, they, they send, in John Wick 1, they start that stuff right in the beginning. Yeah. So, like, you're not, I don't know, five or ten minutes in the movie before you see that stuff happen for the first time. You're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you're off to the races. Yeah, and I, let's give credit where credit is due. There's one other uh, instrumental reason why they could pull that off, and that is Keanu Reeves was doing that stuff. Uh, the dude's, like... 50 something and he trained and trained and trained and I mean if you're on social media at all you've seen videos of him training and doing gun training and combat training um and uh and like you you don't have to use a stunt double thus you don't have to cut yep and so it kind of gives you the opportunity to have that brilliant dance exactly yes Um, thank you for bringing that up uh Keanu Reeves deserves every ounce of recognition that Mm -hmm. he gets for these movies Mm -hmm. uh without him yeah, it's not possible. Uh, and there, so there was one moment that I won't talk about specifically because it is somewhat of a spoiler, um, where John Wick gets really, really heated. It's like the first time that he shows real intense emotion at the end of John Wick One, uh, and it was the it was really the only time that the that the, the Keanu Reeves acting. I was like, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to say the the. Weakness in Keanu in the weakness in Keanu Reeves. The weakness in John Wick One was that it didn't. It it, it tried to lean into the drama a couple of times too yeah. heavily. Yeah, and it didn't work. Yeah, because like in essence, uh, um, John Wick is a triumph of style. It's style over substance for sure. A and if black you em- on black suit. If, yes. Exactly. <laughs> good, yeah. If you embrace that style and mm-hmm. you lean into that, awesome. But like insofar as it leaned into the emotional core of its story, uh, yeah, because that was not a solid core. Yes, I agree. And that segues perfectly into what I uh loved the most about this movie and what I think is the biggest strength of this movie. Um, I like, I like, yeah, I like that this episode is coming out right after Pikachu Pokemon (laughs) because John Wick did, did everything right that Pikachu did wrong. Not Pikachu. I feel bad. I'm not picking on Pikachu specifically. The movie Detective Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. I like Pikachu. Uh, John Wick knew, uh, very easily, very quickly and established within the first couple minutes, the brand and the tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. Never changes. Nope. Throughout the entire film, what you feel and the tone and the the overall environment that you pick up in the first scene is what you feel the entire way. Yep. It knew who was going to be watching. It knew how to speak to them, and it knew the brand that it was going for. And it's one of I think one of the reasons that John Wick is so strong is because not only did it know the brand, but like literally the brand is like cool yeah. <laughs> it's just re- it's like the hard rock cool violence uh just like kind of stripping down 
all of the the fluff that movies can kind of bring in and just like showing you what you came to an action movie to see <laughs> and then just leaves it at that. You want to see cool cars, we got them. You want to see uh you want to see gunfights, we got them. Hand to hand, we got them. John Wick taking on a big guy? Sure, throw that in there. John Wick taking on a small agile guy? Th- sure, throw that in there. Headshots, you'll Head- be begging us yeah. to stop. <laughs> Yes, like the the kind of the wise, quiet mentor, like everything. Yeah. First of also, Willem Dafoe didn't know he was in John Wick one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen all of John Wick two, but like, how pleasant! Like, I love Willem Dafoe, and he like the the character that he plays is just perfect for him. It was great. Anyway, I love I love that it figured like it knew it knew what it wanted to be. It didn't tell me I was trying to be anything different. It just was what it was. And so I knew what to expect, and I could just sit and enjoy it the entire time. Yeah. Great point. Uh, very true. Um, John Wick 2, uh, without spoiling anything for you, CJ, or for our audience. Yeah. Uh, the thing I love the most about John Wick 2, and I actually think I might like John Wick 2 a little better than John Wick 1, because... John Wick 2 uh, more rarely, I won't say never, but more rarely leans into this, this sort of drama and is sort of it instead is leaning into its own style and its strengths. So, the so, things so it that strips were, it down even more. Yeah, so the things mm-hmm. that were strong in John Wick 1 are, most for the most part, stronger in John Wick 2. And it's a, it's a bigger, more expensive movie, and it shows, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The world building goes kind of bonanza. Uh, but I don't think it goes too far. I think it's actually pretty awesome. And um, I would say the one maybe drawback is that the plot becomes slightly convoluted. But if you kind of stick with it and pay attention, I think it's kind of rewarding. I okay. think it, like I think it, I think it pretty it works pretty well. I'm really interested to see what what they do with John Wick three. The end of John Wick two is clearly a setup for a continuing franchise. Like they they know what they have now and they're going to and they're going to start milking it. Mm. Um, they want this character to have some legs. And if you don't know, they are developing a John Wick TV series. I mm. believe also starring Keanu Reeves, which is very interesting. Wow. Could be a disaster. But at the same time, if you're going for the right stuff, yeah. you're probably going to get it. So yeah. you can't it's going to be hard to go too wrong there. So I have t- I have two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, one uh, I'll I'll get to that one later because this it's applicable. The second question I was going to ask is applicable now. Do you fear that John Wick could and is potentially likely to fall into the same trap that the Die Hard movies fell into? Every franchise like this falls into that trap. Because, well, be, Every single one. The okay. Bourne movies fell into it. Like we had three did, solid. Right. We had three solid Bourne movies. The third one was probably the best. And the first or the third, but the third one was dang brilliant. And uh, and then they tried two more times, and they were both terrible. Yeah. Uh, Die Hard, you have one really great movie, uh, maybe a mediocre, kind of not great movie, some a couple of pretty terrible movies, and then Die Hard with Justin Long, I actually thought was pretty great, uh, with Timothy Oliphant and whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of like a reboot of the franchise kind of thing. 
Um, and then I think there was another one that I didn't see, and I yeah. heard it was pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, it happens to every franchise it, like this, and that and that makes sense. I just I just uh, it feels potentially if they're not careful, it like John Wick is is a little more susceptible to it in that in that, and it's actually really pleasant to hear that that John Wick Two is potentially better than the first one. Uh, the 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 common uh, fault of movies is to they they have to make it bigger and better. And so you end up, you know, this this hand-to-hand brilliant assassin ends up, you know, hijacking a jet while it's in the air. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. and it all of a sudden becomes kind of a superhero. You're talking about essentially of- the movie equivalent of jumping the shark. Like, we yes, got a sequel, yes. and here's like, oh, now we're going to be in a space station. It's like, yeah. oh, boy. Oh, yes, so, exactly. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know, I don't know, is the short answer. I, I think that they, the people who are behind the John Wick movie so far seem to have a pretty good grasp on what's making them work. Yeah. So as long as those people keep... As long as it's the same team. As long as it's the same team, there's okay. a good chance we'll ha- we'll continue to have good material. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. I want to I want to make one more real I want to I, I almost forgot about one one other quick note about world building that my wife actually pointed out. Um it was very perceptive. She said it's interesting uh, especially and this is more especially true in John Wick 2, which makes sense because it's more about the world building. Um a lot of scenes happen, scenes of violence uh and combat happen somewhat subtly and sometimes not subtly at all in crowded places. Uh and this is one of the ways the production value ratchets up for the second movie. Mm. So they're in like places where there are lots of other people. And what's really interesting is that um, not only is this whole world that's being built seems to be invisible to the quote unquote real world, like the normal, the normal people we see walking around don't seem to notice the people who are carrying guns around them. Right. Oh, and it's an, it's a very subtle stylistic choice. You're not, it doesn't feel like, it's not super noticeable unless you're looking for it because you're so focused on the people that it's happening to. Every once in a while, there's like a like a bump and a kind of like a weird look, but like it's it's almost like they're ghosts. Huh. And um and then and then in a couple of scenes, it's like pretty apparent that nobody seems to see these people. And then like when there's just every once in a while a suggestion, you could also maybe make the case that those people were gonna leave anyway. It was it's just very interesting the way that like huh. the two worlds don't really intersect, but they're both kind of shown. So the world building that you see is like literally laid underneath the world that we're kind of familiar with. Yeah. I mean, and there are some, and I don't want to, once again, don't want to give anything away, but even in the things that the characters are using, like I'll, I'll give one teaser. Um, we see touchscreen phones, so we know they exist in this world. And yet there are a couple of scenes that show characters within this world that we built using like dial-ups and like modems and stuff and like weird sort of like old school, almost steampunky, like different, and you don't like anyway, and it doesn't make a big deal out of it. It just shows yeah. you this stuff it doesn't, happening. It doesn't pull you out. Of yeah, it. yeah, not at all. In fact, in fact, you just get deeper into it. Anyway, the other thing that's interesting is that not only does this underworld thing, this 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 underneath world world building, the the people who inhabit this world that we have built, not uh, the, the not only are they do they seem to be invisible to the world that we're familiar with. But the world that we're familiar with seems to be invisible to them. Hmm. They they walk around and kind of move around 
sort of as though those other people don't really exist. And it's very interesting. And it's very, and it feels very intentional the way that things have been blocked and staged. Um, in a, in a quote unquote normal action movie, in scenes like that, you're going to get a lot of crowd reaction oh, totally. isolated in different places or staged in different ways or handled in different ways. And in John Wick, you don't get it. It's, oh. it's a very That's different really way of handling it. I'm really excited to go back and watch it. Oh, it's um, really cool. Something something else I th- that I thought about with uh, with the action specifically is I've talked about this before er- early on uh, in our nerd critic journey. Uh, the Russo brothers, who famous, famously have made uh, a bunch of Marvel movies, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity, Ga- Infinity War, and Endgame, Wow. <laughs> um, have talked about how uh, how the audience, when you're watching action, they always note two things. One, it has to forward the plot. There has to be forward. <coughs> there has to be forward momentum during the action. And two, uh, your hero cannot take on like more than maybe two foes at one time because you lose track and it just becomes kind of a, just kind of a, it's a brawl. It, yeah. And it's like a big screen of moving limbs, but you, it, it doesn't have any impact. Cause it's just yep. like, it's there's like that, motion, like but that that's cartoon, all I see. That cartoon image when it's like yeah, a cloud it goes of to dust smoke. and you yeah. just see limbs <laughs> yeah, flying around. Yeah. yeah. Dust. Uh, and so, and, and so while I was watching John wick, I, I noticed those two things. One, he can be taking on, a whole room of people, but he, but it, the, the camera and it's, it's very specifically focusing on one target at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's because he's doing one target at at a time. And it's also very intentional and shows like the brilliance of John wick is his ability to maneuver so that he only takes on one target at a time, but then we can follow what's happening, which is what makes it so engaging is that we know step by step what he's doing. He's not just going in there and busting up a bunch of people that we don't see, yep. which is really cool. And two, the forward momentum thing, he, he's always going somewhere. <laughs> he's like, if he enters the front of the room, you know he wants to get to the back of the room. And so all of the action that happens is literally pushing pushing forward. forward. Yep. So it's like if he's in the room and he has that guy that he wants to kill – that that's where he's going and you yep. know where he's going. So it's forward momentum the entire time in every single John yeah. Wick scene, which is really cool. So it's like if Aaron Sorkin did an action movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's just make sure those characters are walking somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, okay. I, can I nerd like nerd out like, like DC comic book really nerd for a second. Hey, man, it's your podcast. It's my podcast. I got to represent the nerd, okay? If you haven't seen these John Wick movies and you're listening to this spoiler-free episode and you know DC really well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some context that will make you want to go see it, okay? In, the, in Batman lore, there is a different timeline, okay? <laughs> Jordan sits back. He gets cozy. gets ready. I think you'll really enjoy this. Uh, there, is a, there is a different timeline in Batman lore. Where uh, instead of the parents dying outside of the theater that day, it's actually the son, Bruce, that gets killed. And what happens from that, partial spoiler for this story, if you care, uh, is that it drives the mother insane. And she kind of becomes a Joker-type character. And the dad, Thomas Wayne, becomes an incredibly brutal Batman. 
And so it's it's Batman, but like his eyes glow red and he's decked out. He's like lined with it's black and red instead of just black and gray. So he's he's Ben Affleck Batman. Uh, he, he, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but he uses guns and he's really brutal and he's fine with kill. He's like yeah, the, so, the motivation. So ben Affleck Batman. Yeah, yeah. The motivation is him. Like he's like, yeah, I'm gonna kill all the bad guys so that no other sons die again. Uh, John Wick is that version of Batman that I want to see. Like I like get the John Wick team to make it's called the the storyline it's called Flashpoint. Make a Flashpoint movie. <gasps> that would be absolutely incredible because that John Wick going in and doing what he's doing, how he's doing it is exactly how I picture Batman and like the legend, right? And he's like he has he even has a nickname. Like he is kind of a superhero. And it would work perfectly with this version of Batman that would be really, really cool. Right. Hey, I'm into it. That's my that's my nerding. Okay. Um, can I ask my second question? Yes. We finally cycled back around. Sure. <sighs> Most movies, the 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 trope, uh, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, Star Wars, they all do this. They give our hero. No power. It's a basic person. It's somebody that you know, uh, that you that you feel like you can be relate that you can relate to. Like Luke is kind of a farm boy, and Harry finds out he's a wizard, and he had no idea he was just an eleven year old kid. Right? They're the ones with no power. And then the ultimate bad guy that they're facing, the Darth Vaders and the Voldemorts and all that, are the ones with ultimate power. They are like the most powerful people in the universe. And the journey is, how does a little old Harry Potter beat a big bad like Voldemort, right? That That's like story 101, right? That's one of the first things that you learn about when you study film. John Wick du- flips it. They get they, We are f- kind of following Darth Vader or Voldemort. We're following the guy that is just a legend of power. Why does it work? How did how did it how did it flip this narrative tool on its head and have it work so well? Um, okay, well, and if you don't give me the perfect answer, I'm going to judge you. That's okay? fair. That's fair. Right. Um, you might you might uh, realistically you might you might be more unhappy with the answer I'm going to give you. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you'll you might be a little disappointed with my answer because. Um, uh, are you are you going to argue that it doesn't? My answer is that it doesn't. Okay, yeah. all right. I thought about this, but go ahead. Yeah. So, so yeah. So it doesn't. It doesn't really flip the narrative. What it does is it get. Okay. So there, there's, there's a few ways to create sympathy. There's many ways to create sympathy with a character. One of the ways that you can do that is by making them very, very, very good at their job. So if you start following a character who you very quickly find out what their job is. And then you find out they're super good at this thing. That, and then you get to see how good at this thing they are. You're gonna be like, I'm interested. Let's interesting. Let's follow okay. this person. All I right. want to see. I want to see them be good at this thing. Are they really that good? And when it comes <laughs> to and when it comes to like an assassin, like this is something we can't get enough of. We've sure. been we've been watching. We've been going to assassin movies forever. We're gonna keep going forever. It's there's something real compelling to us. We could get into a deep conversation about that that I'm not that I don't think would be very valuable right now to get into. I really just it's a lot of time that we don't have. So um, maybe in the future we'll talk about why we love assassins so much. The fact is we do, and so 
Um, if we can take it for granted for a second, for a sake of argument, that we love assassins already. It's just something we are really interested in. And we love following assassins as they're like one of the perfect antiheroes. Then it'll make sense that if we introduce a character and right away start building a legend about this character that we're being introduced to, that he is the best, the best of the best, to the point that he scares everybody else, that it, that he is... Uh, I'm going to give this away. This is a little bit of a spoiler. People call him the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he is a legend. You never see him coming, yeah. and he's the best, yeah. and you can't kill him. Um, so basically what the movie is doing is it's setting up a challenge. It's saying, here is the best. Here's the champion. Here's our champion. He is our hero. We want to see whether or not he can and fill in the blank. And in the case of John Wick 1, it's can he avenge his dog right against the son of the most powerful crime boss that we've met in this world so yeah crime boss son they have all the power all the people work for them all the resources belong to them all of the places are their places and so and when it comes to the power materially it does all belong to them the only difference is that john wick is just better than everybody (laughs) <laughs> Which is why we want to watch him grind through all the dumb people who thought they could get in his way. The other thing that uh, I'm going um, just to, just to kind of, uh, to your point about him having, quote unquote, all the power. Which I kind of, I mean, it's funny that it still works even though there's a, there's a strong suspension of disbelief. Because <laughs> there's a moment, especially in John Wick 2, where the body count is much higher. <laughs> where... You see sort of the A-team of the villains like kind of going after John Wick and they're passing just dozens of dead bodies. And I'm like, at what point <laughs> do you say, do the, ah, never the, mind. Does the henchman be like, I'm out, <laughs> drop his gun, just turn around and walk the other direction. <laughs> yeah. I had the same uh, thought. Yeah. And so, but you don't, you don't really think that. I, I think that's a second viewing thought. <laughs> Um, that's not that's not something that occurs to me very frequently. Although you know, I'm that's the kind of person I am. But yeah, so I think it is funny that henchmen just seem to throw themselves at it, the 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 unbreakable kind of you know hero. Uh, because if they didn't, it would be a real boring movie. Um, <laughs> it it turned kind of into a comedy. I mean, yeah. Well, there there is there is opportunity, and you don't want to you don't want to break tone. So I don't know if John Wick can do it. There there might be. A moment. I don't know. John Wick is not a very funny movie. That's another thing about these movies that's interesting. And once again, to your point about branding, John Wick never really allows comedy in no. in, in the way that you'd expect. There's, there's a pretty funny moment in the beginning of John Wick 2, but it's in direct service to legend building. Mm. Um, where a line from the first movie is referenced in kind of like a comedic way. But all it makes you think is, yeah, John Wick's a badass, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's a really it's it's really it, so it all works. Anyway, what I was gonna say is there's a great comedic opportunity uh, that hasn't been utilized very often, but sometimes. And when it is, it's still effective because it's not quite cliched yet. And that is that when uh, the hero has finally made his way through all so many enemies, that the final sort of round of enemies that he's supposed to fight are just like. Mm-mm. And they yeah. all just leave, <laughs> and so and then the the final boss is like, oh shoot, all of my friends just left yeah. because this guy's way too scary. And then that really is a, a great payoff for the end of the story when you realize the hero now has all the power and the villain has none, and then that's why they're gonna win. Anyway, 
Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. That that is interesting. I would I would argue that uh, I mean I could I can see it as like a game of tug of war and at the beginning like the because there's so many people the mob the mob boss obviously is going to win and little by little as the movie goes on more of the rope comes to John it's, Wick's side. It's kind of like an obstacle course that John Wick has to get through. Sure. And when you watch John Wick and John Wick 2, it's not will John Wick die? It's I want to see him get through the obstacle course. Yeah. The obstacle yeah. course is human beings with guns. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I guess the reason I would fight back that he doesn't have all the power is that you never, you never believe he's not going to get through the obstacle course. So, you know, exactly. you know what power he has. Yes. Um, but I guess the reason he, you're watching is to see him get through the is obstacle course. Is to see course. him prove it mm-hmm. and kind of that... Yeah, that justice feeling of now he like he really did live up to legend. Yeah. It is kind of that. That's interesting. There is kind of a psychological question there of why we enjoy. Oh, we love it because I because I just watched you know what hundreds of people die. Oh, yeah. and it's like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> feels you know? good. Feels good. It feels good. <laughs> um, just I I think we should wrap up. I want to close out with one. I just I. Th- I had an example of the thing that I was talking about, the the running away from the obviously powerful hero. Yes. Um, my, one of my favorite moments. It's not actually henchmen running away. It's the final boss running away in Princess Bride when Inigo <laughs> Montoya finally <laughs> yeah. faces the six-fingered man yeah. and the six-fingered man says, kill the dog, or like, kill, uh, whatever. He kill those two and leave that one for questioning and... <laughs> And his like henchmen go run forward, and Inigo Montoya like dispatches them swiftly, and then he points his sword at him, and he says, "Hello, you killed my father. Prepare to die." Basically, I'm butchering this, but uh, if <laughs> my I, name is Inigo Montoya, uh, you killed, killed my, my father. father prepare to die. die. Thank you, thank you, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, I was being lazy. Anyway, <laughs> and the six-figure man just, <laughs> just looks at him for a beat, and then turns around, and literally just runs. runs. <laughs> Yeah. And you just watch him run down the hall, and it's the best moment. And it's perfect for that yeah, movie. It's a great example. Comedy yeah. matters. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So. Uh, all right. That was a good conversation. I enjoyed that conversation it was a lots lot. Lots of fun. I'm really, really excited to finish John Wick 2. Oh, I'm excited. And then for you to too. go see John Wick 3. So the whole point of this episode is go see John Wick 3. Yes. And if you have the time beforehand to see John Wick's 1 and 2, do that too. Yes. But at least go see John Wick 3. Yeah, it's a it is one of those movies that if you're okay with the content, uh, and because it it is rated R, uh, if you're okay with the content, then then like it deserves your money kind of thing. Yeah. they've earned it uh, a couple of times. They've earned our trust. They've earned our uh, our faith in them. Uh, and so yeah, I'll uh, I'll echo that. Go see John Wick three. Yeah, um, and plus, I mean, just uh, you know, uh, also there's a. I said I literally said and plus also before I said the thing I was going to say, which is that in in John Wick three, uh, there is a point where John Wick executes a man on a motorcycle from horseback, according it's to the, in preview. the trailer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just I, that's that's just one more compelling argument <laughs> to I go mean, see to John go see Wick John Wick three. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's great. Um, Okay, um, our Marvel uh, prize pack giveaway is mm-hmm. uh, it's it's there's a few days left. Yes, uh, it ends on the twenty sixth. All you gotta do is leave a review wherever you're at, whatever whatever uh, um, 
app you're using, technology you're using to listen to this podcast, there is a way to leave a review. Go leave it. You enter to win, and we will uh, we will draw the name on. You'll hear it on May thirty first. That's right. Uh, at least that's when the episode will drop. Yep. I don't know when you're gonna listen to it. I'm excited. But it'll excited. be there thirty first. Um, did we mention that at the top of the episode too? No. Okay. Well, what are they getting for the surprise? Uh, they are getting a Hulk statue, a Deadpool statue, two free movie tickets, a Marvel poster, and a Nerd Critic T-shirt. I always get so excited when you say that. It's. Uh, I mean, you should be excited because you'll get one too. Oh. I know. That's your. That's your payment for this podcast. I love it. <laughs> the only payment I need. All right. Um, thank you, Michael Bonmiller, for this excellent outro music. And, uh, yeah, what, what, what do our audience need to do, CJ? Uh, let's see if I can remember this correctly. Let's but see if we can remember what they need to remember to do. Yeah, uh, let's see if I can remember what they need to remember, which is to remember to col- – no? Yes. Hold, yes? Okay. To remember <laughs> – I got it. It's fine. It's fine, Jordan. <clears throat> All right, everybody. Remember to collect movies like a nerd and rewatch them like a critic. And cut.